Welcome to Industry Leaders Journey, where we explore the lives and careers of conscious leaders who are making a positive impact on this world while they transform the supply chain and procurement business. My name is Su Shem. The holiday season is coming, and have you been wondering if you will ever get your favorite gadgets or toys as a holiday gift this year because of that supply chain disruption? So what is all about this supply chain issue? Today, I get to talk to the man who is dealing with it every day. Tom Thomas is a chief supply chain officer of Albomar Corporation, which is a fine chemical manufacturing company. It has three divisions, lithium, bromine, and catalyst. And I really want to make sure the electric vehicle lithium batteries are not back ordered at this point. Let me talk to Tom how it is going. Let's begin this journey. Hi, Tom. Thank you for joining me. So, um, no problem. And I'm glad and honored to uh, be considered for this. So thanks uh, for having me. It's my honor. And then today I'm so determined to get smarter about the supply chain topic because uh, you're my first chief supply chain officer in my podcast. So excited. It's perfect topic because uh, so much going on on supply chain around the world these days, there's, right? There's <laughs> things going on, right? Uh, so we'll, uh, we have plenty of challenges and plenty area for creativity. And, and that's really what we're going to need. So let's explain supply chain, what that is, you know? How do you explain to little child what is a supply chain? <laughs> if you're writing the children's book, how would you describe that? Yeah, I'm not sure how I would do writing a book, but um, <laughs> it does remind me, um, my daughter, who's now uh, 27, when she was younger, I used to go to work between Christmas and New Year's, uh, typically year-end activities. I was in sales marketing. Uh, at general management at that time. But uh, I'd go in for half days and I would take my daughter into work with me. Uh, so she was maybe five, six at the time. On the way to work, I was explaining to her kind of what my company did, which was encompassing the supply chain, basically, right? You start out with, we need to buy raw materials. We bring them into manufacturing facilities. Um, we uh, shape them into higher value activities or products. Um, and then we need to get those out to customers through many different routes. And, you know, sometimes you don't know how messages are received, especially by young children. Mm -hmm. But um, throughout that, that morning, I had to go for a few meetings. So my daughter, there was a nice big whiteboard in the office, uh, figured she could just draw uh, yeah. on that. And my, uh, my admin, you know, kept an eye on her. But when I came back, she had driven a basic drawn a pictorial of the flow of materials, starting from raw materials on through a manufacturing plant, a little smokestack, um, et cetera. And I was just floored. Wow. Uh, How old was she? She was like she was about six, six or seven, maybe at, at that point in time. Um, at least I was able to get uh, maybe not a book out of it, but I got uh, an illustrated drawing from my daughter. I took a picture and kept that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so either you are a really good storyteller or she was super smart kid. <laughs> or both. Probably, probably mostly super smart kid. <laughs> what does she what is she doing now as as an age of 27? Did she go into supply chain? <laughs> um no, she did not. She's got uh, two degrees, uh, two bachelor degrees from LSU and Baton Rouge. Um uh, one in psychology and one in biology. And she's oh. now, um actually in nursing school. Oh yeah. And, and she wants a, uh, a nurse practitioner. Um, so uh, 
she'll be out next August, I guess. And, well, uh, that is very purposeful, very nice uh, career too. Okay, so why don't we then start with the Albemarle? Um, so that's your current employer. So explain to me and the listeners what uh, Albemarle does. Yeah, Albemarle has a long history of evolving its portfolio, but it's, it's a common theme is in uh, performance-based specialty materials, specialty chemicals. Um, and currently today, we have three uh, global business units, two of which are similar in that they take elements out of the ground. So uh, both hard rock and solution mining, uh, mm -hmm. salt lakes, salt ponds, and convert them, derivatize them into downstream value-added products. So th the most uh, prominent one is lithium. It's in the news uh, a lot because of electric vehicles and batteries, et cetera. But we're... Yeah fundamentally basic in lithium and, and then make uh, a significant amount of the battery um, cathode ma uh, raw materials that go into those production. The, the second business is bromine that does that as well. And that bromine goes into uh, plasticizers and flame retardants. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's got a long history of safety and involvement and, and social purpose with uh, improving the materials that we have and reducing risks uh, along that line. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, we have a business unit focused around catalyst and those go into converting and upgrading uh, crude oil into transportation fuels and petrochemicals. Oh. And, and more recently, getting into more biofuel uh, catalysis and conversion. So if you think about Albemarle, almost every business we have does touch the energy space uh, in one way or another. So in bromine, we provide downhole uh, drilling fluids for uh, offshore oil well uh, uh -huh. drilling. So there is a connectivity. Obviously, they're growing at different rates, but they're all growing right now from, from the 2021 base. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very important uh, industry sector here, energy going through the transition to, uh, and then touching up on whether traditional oil and gas, so all the way to the electric vehicle. That's super yeah. awesome. Okay. Um, I want to learn a little bit more about your title and your role because uh, not all companies do have a supply chain uh, officer. So what's, what significance do you think uh, uh, your company Albomar is putting with this idea of creating that role as chief level? Yeah. One of the first things I'll let you know is I'm not a career supply chain person. So I'm a chemical engineer out of university, went into sales, marketing, general management. I've been a VP of operations. Um, but when I was asked to take uh, this role, it was really around coming out of uh, the implementation of our one ERP system, the S4 HANA uh, world last year at the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, we've had, we had a structure that was put together for supply chain based off a major acquisition integration done in 2015, 2016. And one of the things that come out of that was that we, we really need to have a unified end-to-end -end supply chain and be standardized in our practices, our policies, our procedures mm -hmm. uh, for more efficiency and, and, and better yet, more effectiveness, um, not only internally, but with our external partners. If we're going to grow, and we are, we, if, if you look at the public domain, we're, we're expected to double our size um, over the next three to five years. And to be able to sustain that growth in that shorter period of time, we have to have a stable foundation. So by pulling together the supply chain, one of the things I like to do is I like to fix things. I like to organize things. Um, it, it allows me, my role, my function is to get us to that new structure, mm -hmm. get 
the um, efficient uh, fundamentals in place. Yeah. Uh, includes people, process, and technology uh, to enable that growth and provide a, a higher service level to our businesses, which should improve our customer experience. Right. I call a supply chain as like a neuron network of the body, like the of the world, you know, it's connecting everything. And then it makes sense for you to really focus on that uh, fundamental efficiency. Yeah, totally makes sense. And also you recently hired this the new CPO. And so explain to me a little bit about difference between chief supply chain officer, <laughs> so no, CSCO, is that how you use it? And then CPO. Yeah, that, that's a good difference. My role includes not only global procurement, which the CPO will run right. um, and is running, um, but it also includes logistics network strategy and optimization, including um, uh, the uh, distribution safety, which mm-hmm. is becoming more and more important. It includes a global trade. Um, so not only the compliance factors, but we want to look at uh, free trade agreement assessments and optimal routes to market with our tax organization. Um, but it then, as part of this reorganization and building that connectivity end to end on the processes, we've created a supply chain center of excellence that includes global process owners for inquiry to cash, um, mm-hmm. source to pay, mm-hmm. uh, global trade, uh, but then integrated business planning. And that goes end to end, not just SNOP process, but includes the activities for um, uh, master planning and scheduling in the plants. So. They're, they're there to create the processes in a linked fashion, not in silos, but truly end-to-end efficiency, building on now that we've got a, a wonderful one-instance ERP mm-hmm. to improve the effectiveness and improve automation and look at things like RPA um, and uh, business process mining for continuous improvement, as I say, to shorten the cycle time and mm-hmm. supply chain. So actually, maybe that's a good segue to go into actually maybe digital transformation and then your experience, uh, your journey with SAP. Um, so like, what kind of experience do you have personally with SAP so far? You know, like you mentioned, you didn't just do the supply chain. You, you started as an engineer, but uh, you went to sales and marketing, VP of operation. You've basically done everything <laughs> that SAP also touches. And so you must have a lot of experiences in previous companies as well. Um, given your big success and the wide variety of roles. And uh, I'm just curious about your personal journey with SAP too. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's been pretty heavy the last three years. Um, so I was on the, uh, coming out of the, the integration of that acquisition that brought us the lithium business. We bought Rockwood Specialties in 2015. Uh, being on the integration team, I got a, a real look at the challenges with the multiple uh, ERP instances and types and the way they were set up. And, and so that led to me being on the steer co for um, defining how we were going to move forward uh, to get everybody on one instance. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of interaction with SAP um, on the consulting side, as well as the, um, the you know, uh, sales uh, side throughout that period for learnings. But once we decided to move forward, the role I was in then was called integrated business operations. So I had global shared services, mm-hmm. the process owners still had corporate logistics uh, and, and procurement. But, you know, the actual purchasing was in the uh, raw materials was in the GBUs at that time. So going through the divorce stage deployment, of the ERP system had a big impact on the service centers 
as we started to consolidate it and we did it by really almost legal entity and GBU trying to match them up. Um, had to work very closely through the design build phase with the global process owners who were dedicated to that program. Um, and then, you know, creating the right supporting structure coming out of program mode last year. And that's why this, this new COE uh, being stood up in, in my current organization, we want to change the nature of the global process owner from um, hyper care, firefighting, the operations now should have it um, and do the continuous improvement, six, lean Six Sigma work in the service centers. The global process owners need to step back more strategically now and look at each of the technology suites and best in class capabilities and choose what fits Albemarle um, and be able to work on, you know, making sure that we set the right KPIs benchmark to best in class for those processes look at the, the technology enablements around mobility or uh, track and trace capability and logistics is a key one that we're looking at. Um, hey, we're, we're using that internally now, but when and if do we, do we share it with external partners? Um, and there has to be a strategy about that with the business to, to be able to move forward. So there, um, there's gonna be a lot of touch points uh, and are a lot of touch points with uh, SAP right now. And, and in the area of supply chain, there's two key platforms that we're expanding this year with high priority. We're um, expanding some of the use of the Ariba suite of procurement technologies. So we're gonna be going live in fourth quarter of going to Ariba contracts mm -hmm. for procurement. Mm -hmm. um, previously had implemented the spend visibility and uh, the sourcing modules. So we've got a technology roadmap of building on that so that we can you know, feed uh, contracts with those two prior technology enablements. Um, and then the second area is around transportation management. Mm -hmm. We're in our fourth deployment in the last 12 months of uh, increasing the automation uh, enablements, especially around um, automated freight settlement and proof of uh, delivery, um, and then moving into uh, more expanded track and trace capabilities uh, with our external partners so that we're, we're seeing live where the shipments are across the modes of transportation. We've done 100% on global marine. Uh, we're still working on some of the road and rail activities. Um, so digitization is, is a big part of our um, long-range plan. Yeah, and actually speaking of that uh, transportation management, so I think we talked about this business network a little bit at the high level in our last think tank meeting when you were there. So yes. you've, you've probably heard a little bit about the SAP Business Network concept, therefore, and it fits very well with that um, transportation management, logistic network, and then along with now, of course, all this uh, uh, Ariba network and then procurement document exchange. So what, what, do, you th what do you think it can impact um, in terms of a world of a supply chain? I think it, it can have a big impact. It fits at least in concept of where we want to go, which is shortening and simplifying that end-to-end -end process so that we can be more effective with um, engaging our external partners. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I, I'm not sure. I, I, I need to learn a little bit more about when in our roadmap would be a, an acceptable place to put it. Because we, I think, I think we have to have some of the key enabling functionality um, like TM complete and Ariba, maybe a little bit further along mm -hmm. to be able to exploit the value. No, I, I think centering on improving collaboration effectiveness with external partners, 
that's that's a key um, key focus area for us. Exactly. So I think we are starting the journey also from that focusing of external partners, meaning we call it trading partners, so that yes. uh, one place to come and it's a trading partner directory and portal, and so that everybody has the same experience, but then you can. Like you can be connected to your later on logistic network and be able to really see that where is my order from the beginning to the end. So <laughs> that's it. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about current situation on the world. What's happening with the supply chain? And then maybe it's because of the COVID. Um, I mean, that is uh, just a regular citizen and consumer. <laughs> and we just, that's all we hear. Oh, somehow COVID started and all, all these things happen, supply chain stuff. It's not being delivered from China or just shortage in the chips and everybody's building electric or computer. Like share with me your perspective as a supply chain expert. What is causing all this problem? <laughs> Uh, if I knew the answer to that, and more importantly, the solution to it, I'd be uh, I'd be retired already. I think. But, uh, um, no, obviously, we're in, in new territory for all of us as individuals, um, as companies, uh, as industries. And um, it's really put a premium on, you know, maybe an overused term, but agility, mm -hmm. um, being able to, to quickly uh, assess and adapt to the changing environment. Um, you know, the who, who could have predicted that I know many companies do risk management and black swan exercises trying to think through what, you know, their, you know what would happen to their, their supply chain if certain disaster events happen. But uh, really having a global pandemic that seems to be growing on itself and, and, and maybe more cyclical than we care to admit, we'd like it to be over. Um, it was probably in nobody's crystal ball. Um, what it's done is it's obviously changed a lot of the way we work and some of that's irreversible in business models. So I'm not sure a lot of us would be ordering food on our phones for meals with uh, uh, Uber Eats and yeah. Instacart and, and everything. But um, once you get used to that, the um, you know brick and mortar stores may have a, you know, I think we're seeing it with companies like Macy's and others have problems going back to the old model. But um, from an industry perspective, it, it has put a premium on um, enhanced um, assessment of risks. And it will drive us to have deeper relationships with our external partners. Um, so you, you need to understand everybody's um, business strategy and what's important to them even more than we, need, we needed to before. And then I think from a technical perspective, mm -hmm. Um, we been we were thankful, and I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes, that we had completed some major digital transformation as a company mm -hmm. uh, by the end of uh, 2019. So we had moved to Microsoft Teams. We used to be on on uh, uh, Lotus Notes for email. Um, okay. We moved to Outlook. We and so we had the capabilities where our shared service centers, uh, Budapest and Dalian. Mm -hmm. uh, it worked seamlessly and actually even got better throughout 2020 uh, with focus on lean management systems, doing that remotely. And, and that was breaking a paradigm in the, uh, in the global shared services industry. So just examples of, I think, what we're, we're, we're all challenged with right now um, and, and uh, the, the adaptability, the agility to be able to respond quickly with enabling technologies, I think is because just it's accelerating the digitization move That's that was right. already 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it definitely created some dent, but at the same time, it really forced all of us to move and change, accelerate things like that. There are certain things that uh, definitely will not go back. You think about the entire travel industry or um, I think seminars and conventions. We've proven we can we can uh, do most of those uh, right. virtually in a very successful manner. Um, you'd still do miss the human interaction, and right. especially for maybe people more early stage career, mm -hmm. without having that um, ability to job shadow or mm -hmm. coaching at the coffee pot, um, right. as opposed to formally have to setting a, a time, uh, even if it's fifteen minutes, to touch base with somebody. You know, three minutes at the coffee pot sometimes are the most uh, meaningful guidance yeah, yeah. or Q&A type interactions. Right, right. Because it's authentic, you know, it's Absolutely. spontaneous. And <laughs> that's where creativity comes from, right? right. That's, that's spontaneity. So. That's true. So in SAP Waldorf, our headquarters, they, they created this term or just natural thing. Actually, they didn't create it. It's they call coffee corner because that's where right. all this idea came with the engineers in the especially early stage of SAP. So right. when I joined SAP, I went to Germany like a coffee corner thing, like so <laughs> creativity. Okay, so yeah, speaking of that young people's uh, career and what, so I'm curious about your success factors for your career. And uh, looking back at it um, from all the way from university time, what, what do you think your success factors? Yeah, I'll have to give a lot of credit to, uh, well, some obviously my family. My, my uncle um, was my father figure. My father passed away before I uh, was three years old. Mm -hmm. uh, but my uncle was my mother's brother, was a uh, New York City policeman and a World War II Marine. And his work ethic um, was something that I, I saw as a, as a very young child and instilled on me as, hey, if you, if you work hard, you're, you're going to create your own opportunities. And um, I was the first in my, my family to go to a four-year uh, college and mm -hmm. university. And, and so I felt that I just needed to continue, um, continue learning. And challenging myself, and and one of the things I benefited from were some very good bosses and mentors, um, some that I wasn't directly working for or with, who um, saw some things in me that I hadn't seen in myself, mm -hmm. um, and put me up for some roles that I wouldn't have chosen. But uh, the ability to to be able to listen to those and take a chance in an area that maybe you weren't comfortable with, um, I, I think were two of the the key success factors, work hard, try to create, but listen to your mentors and put yourself in, uh, and, and be willing to take a challenge. Mm -hmm. That's good. So work hard and then definitely, uh, you know, take the challenge and the, therefore you can create your own path, right? Seek out mentors too. Um, yeah. In, in alternative views. If you just go to, to, to views that are going to be consistent with yourself, you, you're going to miss on. Mm, true, true. Yeah. Um, so, how do you, uh, what do you want to share with others and not just your families as a way of paying forward then? Now you got these uh, mentors and people who helped you along the way. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things my wife pointed out, there was a period, um, I guess about uh, 15 years ago, the company I was working for was uh, acquired and um, my position was eliminated. And mm -hmm. so I was in outplacement. And I, I like process and I started working that and she realized that um, yeah, she would hear me working from home that I was networking and working with others and trying to help them find jobs and coaching them in the process. And she said, you were, you were happy, even though you were, you were in transition, 
you, when you finished and you came home, you were happy and you spoke about trying to connect these people and help others. And it, it was a, a light bulb went off in my head that it, I, I enjoy coaching and mentoring and want to be able to continue to do that um, and, and make a point of doing that. I'm actively involved with our uh, Women's Connect um, group. Um, I was a sponsor for that for two years. Um, and now I'm sponsoring some of the projects for the cohorts that are going through that on a global basis. Um, but but individuals, I'm, I, I love to make time on my calendar for some of the early stage career people um, and, and just have a cup of coffee with them and start to talk about their career thoughts and their progressions. Um, so that's one thing that's important to me is to, to pay back, at least in the industry side, through coaching and mentoring, whether it's formal or, or informal. Mm-hmm. You're right. That's a good idea. Just actually casual coffee chat and then you just sharing your wisdom and from their perspective, it's like huge, right? You know, just, just sometimes listening mm-hmm. as, as people will the, and starting to describe it, sometimes they solve their own issues. So what do you think the your purpose in life? Uh, good question. Um, uh, well, I'll think about that. Two of the most important um, deliverables, if you will, for my life and my wife's life are developing the, the two people that we're going to leave on this earth, our children, uh, to be productive, um, well thought of people that are going to improve, improve the quality of life for the people they touch. And, and so my role is really in an in industry is to, to provide the wherewithal that, that we could do that as a family. And my wife, uh, took on most of the burden when I was traveling heavily in early my our career. Um, it, it was both children, three weeks after they were born, I would hit the road for three week trips to Asia. She's still with me, she's still with me. So my, my most important partner, uh, life and, and friend. Uh, so I think my purpose was here to, to provide those two people and a lasting legacy with a, with a positive impact on society. Yes. That's it, definitely. Okay, so let's wrap it up with uh, this final sentence. Uh, I'd like you to finish this sentence. I am optimistic. I'm optimistic about the future for for the planet. Um, I know everything is a little negative. All of our uh, our, our press tends to uh, highlight it's more you know negativity sells. But if you think about it, the everything goes through cycles: history, uh, business. Um, and I'm optimistic that, that we will get back to a good cycle of um, mutual respect uh, um, and we're going to get tired of all the strife and the, uh, the challenges and the conflict uh, and begin to be civil to one another again. Um, when I see my, uh, my children, young adults, and their friends and their network, yeah, and I'm very optimistic. There's some really good quality people um, that uh, won't, won't uh, continue the string of negativity. It'll break at some point. Yes, I totally agree with you. And yes, when I look at the younger people, I, I feel like human um, compassion brain evolves in a good way. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Tom, it has been so fun to learn about the supply chain and thank you for sharing. And, uh, and then thank you for being a great partner uh, with SAP throughout this the digital transformation too. So that's how we got, I got to meet you. So thank right. you for that. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to continue to working with you. And uh, Same here, Sue. Thanks for having me on. It's a, a joy talking with you. Yes, have a great day and speak to you soon. Thank you. 
Today, I learned the importance of being a mentor as a great way of paying forward. Sometimes all you have to do is being fully present and listening. That can totally improve someone's life. So who are you going to listen to today? Thanks for joining us on this episode of Industry Leaders Journey. This series is produced by the Industry Value Chain team at SAP, where we are committed to making the world run better and improving people's lives. For more information and to access all of our podcasts, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Ariba.com.